It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. This is a basketball only podcast this week, believe it or not. Penn State's a football school. Well, not today, not this weekend, baby. Penn State is a basketball school as we head into Selection Sunday. Uh, just a remarkable run by the Nittany Line basketball team. They're locked into the NCAA tournament. We'll see Sunday night what seed they get. So I want to talk a good bit about a whole lot of different topics. I want to start off by telling you a little something about me. I'm 49 years old. My favorite sport my entire life has been college basketball. Now, I love baseball. I played baseball a long time. I coach baseball. The game of baseball is is great. But as a fan, my favorite sport has always been college basketball. And my favorite time of year has always been March. And my favorite sporting event on this planet is the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm a lifelong Syracuse fan. I'll touch a little bit more on Jim Beheim. Later on, I'm a lifelong Syracuse fan, so my team has been in the tournament almost every year of my whole life and won a title in 03 and went to five Final Four. So I'm used to having a team that has success in the NCAA tournament. That is not Penn State. That has never been the tradition for Penn State. And here's a little something about me. All right, so when when you're a sports writer... You can't root for your teams to win. That's not how it goes. We are not fans, all right? You folks are fans. You are watching Penn State football or the Steelers or anybody, Penguins, anybody else, and you have your heart on the line. It's it's about being a fan, the highs, the lows. We as sports writers... We have to cover games, win, lose, or whatever. And so the longer you're a sports, everybody, everybody's a fan when they get into the sports writing business, but the longer you're in the business, it kind of beats the fandom out of you. And so we're not supposed to root for things that we cover. Now, truth be told, all reporters probably root for their team to a degree because it's just easier. Any of you out there that think I, w- I wish for Penn State football to struggle, ah, Geiger hates Penn State football. You're nuts. So much easier 
Life is so much better in every way when you're covering a winning team. But I will tell you something about me with regards to Penn State basketball. I write about Penn State basketball. I've never really covered Penn State basketball on a full-time basis, but I love college basketball, and here's the key. I host a daily radio show in central Pennsylvania, and here's what I root for. I root for me. (laughs) I root for me. What makes my life interesting and more fun? And when you host a daily radio show in central Pennsylvania, you don't have a whole hell of a lot to talk about in January, February, and March. The Steelers are done. Penn State's done. You know, I don't really get into the Penguins in central Pennsylvania. It's college basketball. I talk a lot of college basketball on my radio show. I will tell you point blank, without hesitation, I root for Penn State basketball. Yes, I do write about Penn State. I don't necessarily cover them on a lot of games, but I have to talk about them a ton on my radio show. I do write about them a lot on, on the website. And so, but I've said for years, I, I want to see Penn State basketball be relevant in February and March. Well, why is that? Well, one, I love college basketball and it's good to have a good story. And two, man, I need something to talk about. Uh, when I was doing my radio show, for two hours a day. I did that for 10 and a half years. My God, man, in January and February, it's so ridiculous trying to talk for two hours <laughs> when there's just nothing going on. Nuts. Now I'm down to an hour, four to five, but I want to talk college basketball. I want Penn State to be good. I want to see the Nittany Lions be a perennial contender for an NCAA tournament bid. Do I think that's ever going to happen? No. But the times they have contended, they've been on the bubble. I covered the NCAA tournament game uh, in 2011 in Tucson, Arizona for the Altoona Mirror. I flew out to Tucson, covered their loss to Temple. I was sitting 10 feet away from Juan Fernandez when he did the up and under and scored on Tim Frazier uh, to beat Penn State. I was there all all the way across the country uh, covering that game. And so I, I, I love college basketball. And when you hear me talk, see me write about Penn State basketball. I kind of come at it from a fan's perspective, really, because I'm not there every game for the for for, for Penn State basketball. I, I'm there kind of wearing it on my sleeve, just like I think Penn State basketball fans are as well, uh, all the time. Because, the, you know, the, whole, the old saying is, well, we've seen this movie with Penn State. We've seen this movie. You know, Penn State fans can never have nice things. Well, folks, they've had some nice things over the past couple of weeks. I'm going to take a break here. In the second segment, we're going to talk about the tremendous run Penn State has been on heading into Selection Sunday, uh, heading into the Big Ten Tournament Championship game against Purdue, and then we'll see. We'll talk about what seed I expect them to get. In the third segment, it's put up or shut up time. We're going to find out if Penn State is serious about basketball. This is the moment. This is the time. They've got a coach who, if he stays for 10 years, maybe Penn State could be a perennial contender for the tournament and maybe make it four, five, six times. They've only made it nine times ever, ever. And so to think that Penn State could ever get to a tournament four or five times a decade, yeah, 
That's that's wishful thinking. But they've got a coach in Micah Shrewsbury that we think could maybe be the guy to start this thing and get the ball rolling. Penn State's got to prove they can keep Micah Shrewsbury. We'll talk about all that coming up a little bit later on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back. I remember watching Penn State games back in November and December and thinking about, writing about, talking about, hey, this is the kind of team that can make an NCAA tournament. Um, They've got the experience. They've got the shooters. If they can make shots, they can beat just about anybody. And I predicted back in early December, if this team makes shots, they could get to the Sweet 16. Well, what happened throughout the season is they weren't winning enough of the big games that they needed to win in order to lock up an NCAA tournament berth. And so then you get into Big Ten play, and it's kind of win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. One day they'd be the last team in the field in Lunardi's bracket. The next day they'd lose, and they'd be the first team out. And it went went that way for a month, month and a half, until Penn State dropped to 5-9 and nine in the Big Ten and really were they were kind of left for dead in the water. It has been just incredible. If you know the history of Penn State basketball, if you know just how I said earlier in the first segment, Penn State basketball fans just aren't used to having nice things. Penn State football, sure. Contending a lot, 107,000 fans, national power, blah, blah, blah. Penn State basketball, total afterthought, completely irrelevant, will break your heart, will play well for a while, then will blow it, they'll screw it up, they'll they'll play themselves out of contention, and it, had, it had appeared that that's what Penn State had done when it got to 5-9, and nine. 
in the Big Ten. I was highly critical of Micah Shrewsbury at the time, and I think a lot of people. Well, here's the thing: I think a lot. I think some people were critical. I think a lot of a lot of people were afraid to be a little too critical because they wanted so much to hope that Micah Shrewsbury would be the guy to lead them, you know, for a nice a little run here for a few years. And you know what? I give Micah Shrewsbury a ton of credit. I give him a tremendous amount of credit. I don't think that I was wrong in my criticism a few weeks ago in saying that they just didn't really seem to have a plan B. It was just shoot a bunch of threes. If you made them, they won. If they missed, they lost. Well, that was kind of the plan for two thirds of the season. And that plan landed Penn State at five and nine in the Big Ten. And then this booty ball comes into play. Uh, it's great. Uh, Illinois coach Brad Underwood calls it booty ball. Jalen Pickett backing his way down in the paint. That is what turned this season around. Jalen Pickett's a good player, second team All-American by the Sporting News, the first All-American first or second team for Penn State in nearly 70 years. I mean, just incredible uh, for Jalen Pickett. But when when Micah Shrewsbury, when they started doing a little bit of the booty ball, more of that, letting Jalen Pickett take control. He had the 41-point game. Uh, and then what that did, that just – and we we had seen it earlier in the season, but then, then there became much more of a heavy reliance on it. And then that started out with the spacing that, you know, then the shooters could get a little bit more – um, more in a comfort zone, have a little bit more wide open space because the defense has to spend so much energy making sure to stop Jalen Pickett, who's a tremendous finisher. This is not a style that can work for everybody. You've got to have a big, strong, physical point guard. You're not going to do this with a little bitty point guard, but you've got a big, strong, physical guy in Jalen Pickett and him being able to play the booty ball and score one or get the ball out to uh, shooters. That it's really just kind of changed things. And if we think about the direction this season was in at five and nine in the Big Ten, and really far removed from the bubble, but then Jalen Pickett took over, and then on nights where you know Jalen's booty ball isn't necessarily just crushing it, uh, hey, uh, then Penn State's found a way to to get some other people a bunch of shots. The second half against Rutgers. I, I continue. I don't think I've said it on the podcast. I spent a ton of time on this on my radio show. I think it's one of the handful of craziest, most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my entire life as a college basketball fan. The second half against Rutgers, Jalen Pickett did not take a single shot. Not a single shot. You're talking about a guy that had, had 41 points and 32 points in the previous, and then he scored the last 14 against Ohio State. Didn't take a shot in the second half against Rutgers. It was just ridiculous. I mean, you, you, you would never, ever, ever, ever see a player of that caliber. If he even had taken one shot, a 30-footer, whatever, came to, didn't take a single shot, and Penn State blows the 19-point lead, and you were thinking, okay, they just blew their, they just blew their shot. But I'll tell you, once they've gotten you know, gotten hot down the stretch, Cameron Winter with a couple of just magnificent, huge buckets down the stretch. And if you think they're nine and ten, they miss a three with a few seconds to go at Northwestern, 
and then boom, the ball bounces right to Cameron Winter for the putback, and Penn State wins that game. Well, actually, no, that, that was that was a uh, that was not Northwest. That was Maryland. So Cameron Winter hits the three at Northwestern to win with half a second to go. It was Maryland that they took the three with a few seconds. The rebound bounces right to Cameron Winter. He scores with half a second to go. If that rebound goes anywhere else. Anywhere else, Penn State's 9-11. and 11. And going into the Big Ten tournament, maybe more deflated. They probably don't get Illinois in the first round. Illinois is a good matchup. If you think about what I said earlier, things just typically don't go Penn State's way. Cameron Winter hits the three at Northwestern. It went Penn State's way. The offensive rebound falls right to Cam Winter for a putback with half a second to go. Fell right up in Penn State's way. 10 and 10 record. That's what they needed to get into the tournament. I thought maybe they could probably have gotten into the tournament even if they had lost to Illinois, because by that point they'd had several uh, quad one wins. But then they got Illinois, and they just, they're just better than Illinois. It's a bad matchup for Illinois. So they beat them for a third time. You're definitely in. Then you beat Northwestern. Now you're improving your seed, maybe. Then you beat Indiana. And as as it stands right now, I think Penn State's getting a nine seed. I'm recording this very early Sunday morning. Uh, if you listen to this on Sunday before selection, the selection show, uh, we can kind of think about what what it might be. If Penn State beats Purdue, absolutely they're a nine seed. Hell, they could be an eight seed. But I think right now, even if they lose to Purdue, I think we're talking about a nine seed. Um, it could still be a 10 seed possible, but, but you're talking about all these quad one wins over the past 17 days. I think six quad one wins in the last 17 days. Just incredible. Uh, and this team is just on fire. You just haven't seen this happen to Penn State basketball very many times over the years. Yeah, they'll get hot. They've won some NITs. But this is the kind of run that you'll see other teams get on at this time of year. And you think, why the hell can that not happen to Penn State? Well, playing some booty ball, uh, hitting some shots, getting a break here, there, some good matchups. Look, I don't think these are great teams they're beating in the Big Ten tournament. They beat Illinois. They're better than Illinois. Northwestern is a nice story. They're going to the tournament, but it's not a great team. Indiana's Indiana's a, a good team. That's uh, the the best team they've beaten so far in the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, but still, we're talking the twenty fifth, thirtieth, thirty fifth best teams in the country. That kind of thing. Very good wins for Penn State, but it's not like they've had to be world beaters. Like they will need to be uh, going up against Purdue. Purdue is legit. Purdue Purdue's a legit Final Four contender. But hey, regardless of what happens against Purdue, I see them as a nine seed. I see them as uh, getting a win in the first round because they're going to be a tough matchup. And I've said it since December. Boy, you you face you face Penn State. If those shots are falling, they could be a Sweet Sixteen caliber team. And depending on if they are that kind of nine seed, you win an eight, nine game, you get to the second round. uh, There is no one seed in this country that's going to want to play this highly, highly experienced and red hot Penn State team uh, in the second round of the tournament, if indeed they can get there. So a lot to be excited about. And uh, we'll see how it kind of plays out on Selection Sunday. But as I mentioned earlier, coming up in the third segment, 
Now is the time to find out if Penn State is serious about basketball. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Penn State is a football school, has never, ever, 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 ever put enough resources into men's basketball to try to be a legitimate, serious contender year after year. Now's the time to find out if Penn State is going to be serious about men's basketball. They're in the they're in the Big Ten Tournament Championship game against Purdue. They're a lock for the NCAA Tournament in Micah Shrewsbury's second year. Well, what's going to happen now? Notre Dame, Micah Shrewsbury's name comes up in connection with that job. Georgetown, there was a report Saturday that Micah Shrewsbury is the leading contender at Georgetown. And any any major job in this country that comes open, be it now or a year from now or two years from now, as long as Michael Shrewsbury is doing these kinds of things at Penn State, we've seen it with James Franklin in football. And you know, James is one of the highest paid coaches in the country. And Penn State's one of the most prominent football programs in the country. But we've seen it for years. If his name comes up, you know, we got to go through the whole song and dance and wonder, could this be the job he might leave for. Well, Penn State basketball is not Penn State football by any stretch of the imagination. Penn State basketball is a stepping stone caliber job. If you come to Penn State and in your second year you get to the NCAA tournament like Micah Shrewsbury has done, you're going to have people calling saying, hey, what's it going to take to get you to this better job. Now, I don't think Georgetown's a better job than Penn State. I think Georgetown's got all the tradition and the history. Maybe they can pay more. But I just don't, I mean, look, as again, as a lifelong, lifetime time Syracuse fan, I don't see Georgetown ever getting anywhere near back to what it once was during its heyday. I mean, that program is way, way down. And so, I, I, I mean, if Micah leaves for Georgetown, I know there is prominence there. Um you know, from a program standpoint, and maybe Micah feels like that's a job, uh, a career kind of defining job. I don't know. It's just, I just don't see it that way. I have felt that Notre Dame would be a terrific job for Micah. He's from Indiana, has all kinds of Indianapolis ties, <laughs> recruiting ties in the state. <laughs> that job can probably pay a lot more than Penn State. But here's what it comes down to. If Penn State wants to get serious in men's basketball, you got to back the Brinks truck up and you got to give Micah Shrewsbury a, a shit ton of money. Pardon my French. Now, Patrick Chambers, we think, was making about a million dollars when he was head coach at Penn State. 
we we the reports are not that Penn State releases this, but I've heard from people that that Micah Shrewsbury makes about two million. Good salary. That's a good salary. They're gonna have to bump it up to three, three and a half. They just are. Multiple multiple years. You're gonna have to give his staff more money. You're gonna have to find NIL money. Micah had said on a podcast, I think on on three a couple months ago. Penn State's NIL situation for men's basketball is the worst in the Big Ten. You got to find money. Are they serious enough about men's basketball to go find that money? They never have been. They never have been. Now, in giving Micah $2 million, that was a commitment. <laughs> that was a big commitment. When you, I mean, Pat Chambers made less than a million dollars for a good bit of his tenure. And so to give Micah $2 million, that's a good commitment for Penn State. It was a start. But at this point, with everybody's going to be calling for coming in and calling for the guy. Everybody. Any major job that uh you know where they might feel like they they could have a shot at him. His name's going to come up everywhere. And so what can Penn State do to keep him? Well, I'll pay him. I mean, they're, they're gonna have to pay him a lot of money. They're gonna have to pay the staff more. So you can have consistency there. They're going to have to pay the NIL. They're going to have to find NIL money. It's easy to sit here and say Penn State's got to do these things. If you followed my coverage, and believe me, believe me, folks, I love college basketball. I want to see Penn State succeed. I absolutely believe they've got to find the money. Got to. Will they? I don't really think so. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road. I've written a lot over the last few weeks. If you've read the coverage about the expenses and and everything that Penn State has to pay for in athletics, football's looking at a half a billion dollar stadium renovation, at least, at least half a billion. Could be seven hundred and fifty million for all we know. The football program is the cash cow. Men's basketball makes a profit of about $4 million a year. Let's do the math. I've always said if Penn State goes 12 and 20 or 20 and 12, the profit is going to be about the same. It's going to be about $4 million, give or take a little bit. That's that's what that's what the TV contracts, the rights deals, that's what it guarantees men's basketball at Penn State is about four million. So given what the school has to spend on everything, football, football NIL, the stadium, upgrades to uh, they're going to need continuing upgrades to the Lash building at Haluba Hall and the football facility. Again, folks, th- this is a football school. This is a football school. We have to be realistic here about how much money they can just pile up and give to basketball. C- can they do it? Absolutely. Do they need to make $4 million a year for men's basketball? Well, could they get by if they make $2.5 million? Drop your profit to two and a half million, give Michael Shrewsbury and his staff another million and a half, and maybe that keeps him. And maybe they can become a consistent NCAA threat. Can they make more money? Should it be about just making more money? Well, I mean, again, I, 
this pains me because as much as I love college basketball, there are enormous, humongous expenses that the Penn State football program is going to incur now and, and continuing going forward. And so this is what I keep coming back to. Is Penn State serious enough to back the Brinks truck up and and just make less money on men's basketball? Just going to the NCAA tournament doesn't guarantee them making more money. It gets them more prestige and more recognition, but it doesn't necessarily make more of a profit for the program. You might be, you might need to drop that profit some so that you can have a better basketball program. And so this is what Patrick Kraft, the AD, he, he's, he's going to have to find a way here. And, and this is all going to happen very, very quickly, folks. It's selection Sunday now. Penn State's going to play here in the next week or so. And then if they lose, people are going to be coming after Mike. Once they lose, people are coming after Micah Shrewsbury immediately, immediately. They need to be having these conversations yesterday. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, there's a, there's games to be played, huge games to be played. But if they're going to keep Micah Shrewsbury and they want to keep him for a five, six, eight, 10 year period, it's going to cost a lot of money. Maybe they can keep him this time, but say he gets back to the NCAA tournament again next year. You don't think 15 other jobs are going to open up and, and, and people are going to look at him. This will be an ongoing thing. And so if you feel like you've got the right guy, it's going to cost a lot of money. But there is the flip side to this, and this is the Micah Shrewsbury component. <laughs> okay, does he feel like this is sustainable and repeatable at Penn State? This has been brutally hard, man. He had the oldest team in the country. He's got a second-team All-American, and he was still sitting there at 5-9 and nine in the Big Ten before this run. He's going to lose all those guys. Yes, he's recruited well, and he he but he's going to have to go out and hit the portal really hard. They're not getting another Jalen Pickett. And so if you follow what I'm saying, Micah Shrewsbury it's not just necessarily about the money or the commitment, it's can you do this consistently at Penn State? This is phenomenal what they've accomplished here over the last few weeks, and hopefully it can continue deep into the tournament. But these guys are all gone next year. And so what if they have a pretty big drop-off next year? Then how difficult might it be to get Penn State back to this position in a year or two or three or four? Okay? Again, all these things went right. The three-pointer for Cam Winter at Northwestern went down. The, the offensive rebound fell right to Cam Winter against Maryland, and he, and he scores to win, and they finish 10-10 and 10 instead of 9-11. If they're 9-11 and 11 and they lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, they're going to the NIT, and everybody's bitching about the opportunity that they lost. That's the slim margin for error. And if you don't think Micah Shrewsbury realizes that, I mean, he's been around basketball. He knows how tough the, the Penn State job is. And so is he going to, even if they pay him three, three and a half million, and they make him a bunch of promises, is he going to want to lock himself down to Penn State for five, six, eight more years when there are going to be a hell of a lot better jobs with a lot more tradition and a lot easier path to the NCAA tournament than Penn State. So this is not just, hey, 
Penn State's got to do this or else whatever. Pat Kraft has got to do it. This is a two-way street. Michael Shrewsbury's got to want to stay at Penn State. He's got to want to believe that the people are committed at Penn State, one, and two, that this is sustainable and repeatable. Now, one one component about this is his son, Braden Shrewsbury, senior at State College High. He's coming to Penn State. Maybe Michael wants to keep the family there for a little while. You know, you're uprooting people all the time. Maybe he wants to, you know, just have his kid come in and play. Now, if he goes to Notre Dame, his kid can play there. If he goes to Georgetown, his kid can play there. But maybe there's some personal things, family things that we don't know of that might keep Micah uh, in Happy Valley, and, and he might want to stay for a few years because of that. But the bottom line is, this is the coach that it looks like can take them to the promised land a little more often in the coming years. Can Penn State make enough of a commitment financially and everything else in order to try to keep him? And then will he decide, hey, I can win enough here that this is worth my time to go ahead and sign on the dotted line for a long time and, and not, and then I can just turn down all of these other, you know, potentially better jobs. Man, I'll, I'll tell you, it's going to be so fascinating to see how all of this plays out. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I, I'm, I'm probably no more than 50 50. Uh, because right now it's Notre Dame and Georgetown. Other jobs are, his name's going to come up. You say some great job, some great program or traditional program comes open, you know, who, who knows? Uh, but his, his name is going to be mentioned everywhere. I'm kind of 50-50 right now on him being back next year. Even if he is back next year, I'm probably 30-70 that he'd be back two, three years from now. I just think it's going to be hard for Penn State to keep him over a very prolonged period of time because no matter what <laughs> – it is so difficult to win at a high level consistently at Penn State. And at some point, he he still could get tired of beating his head up against the wall. And he might say, hey, I got to strike while the iron is hot and, and go take one of these better jobs. But, you know, what? we'll worry about all that here in a week or two. Let's worry about the Big Ten Tournament Championship game against Purdue. I think Penn State gets a nine seed. We'll see how far they can go. I, I, I do think... That they can win that first round game, there'd be a tough, tough matchup in a second round, quick turnaround, quick preparation kind of game over the weekend. And I could absolutely see a nine seed Penn State knocking off maybe a number one seed in the second round. We'll see. Uh, we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves, but it never hurts to, uh, to have a little wishful thinking. Folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week's We Are podcast. A lot more Penn State basketball coverage coming up here on the website. I'm on vacation actually still. That's why you're not seeing as many stories from me uh, on the website. I'm still doing the podcast. I'll try to have a handful of stories on basketball this week. And we get to uh, have a press conference with James Franklin on Tuesday about spring football. So I'll have some stories on that as well. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. 